Hello and welcome to the Hybrid Podcast. Today we are going to talk a little bit about bodyweight skill, how to develop it and how to program it alongside your current training. Uh, but first, got just one announcement. Hybrid Games is coming up on the 31st of this month, which is August. That's pretty soon, that. Yeah, so if you're listening to this in the future, um, then it's not going to be on the 31st of the month you are in. It's only on the 31st of this current month, August 2019. So if you listen to it after that date, missed it. Missed yeah, it. have to wait till next Ignore year. Ignore this bit of the podcast. <laughs> Most of you will be ignoring this part of the podcast anyway now. Um, but if it's still August, then you have time to come to the Hybrid Games. And you'll want to come to that. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm assuming that they want to come to They that. definitely want to come to it. Yeah. And if they listen to it in August next year, then it might, might be on again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> uh, so what will the hybrid games be Alex? hybrid games will consist of a combination of play fitness eating and fitness eating <laughs> general uh, fun general happiness okay, so we're going to try and combine um, your typical sports day but I think adult sports day alongside some kind of hard fitness and uh some, some cake and some tugs of war and things like that. <laughs> tugs of war. <laughs> tugs of war. Tugs of war. Sounds like plural. Violent masturbation. <laughs> Violent. <laughs> Violent in a group. Uh, I don't know if that sells it or, <laughs> or puts people off. <laughs> I think it probably does both. <laughs> I don't, what, I don't think we're going to get the crowd that we initially wanted. No, that, that's, that's what they say in all the books, isn't it? Polarise your market. That's, that's, a, that's sales 101. Find your avatar. Don't worry about the people that you, that you push away. You'll just draw the people that want to be with you they weren't, they weren't right for you anyway. Yeah, exactly. If you're not into violent group masturbation... <laughs> Don't come to our hybrid games. <laughs> so, that's on the 31st of August. It's £10 entry, uh, and all proceeds go to charity. <laughs> I don't know what sort of charity we got. <laughs> Tom's uh. looking at us like, maybe we should re-record this, but I don't think we can. No, no, no way. That's no perfect. Way. That's perfect. Yeah. They know exactly what to expect. <laughs> As usual, we have been clear as the month. Um, so, next part of the podcast, fact of the day. Fact of the day. Okay, so, fact of the day, we're going to ask us a question today. Ooh. How many years ago do you think the first humans or homo sapiens crossed the sea into Australia? Australia was a separate landmass at that time. Mm. When do you think the first humans like set foot in Australia? Thirty thousand years ago. Yes. I'm gonna say twelve thousand years ago. Less close. Oh. So obviously, like it, it's up for debate. But what is <laughs> widely considered to be the correct answer is like forty-five thousand years ago. How unbelievable was that? It's actually insane, isn't it? <laughs> That's mental. How did they do it? <laughs> I just don't know. 
Imagine us trying to build a raft. <laughs> and sail across the harbour. <laughs> at, at the widest point, I think it's like six, it was like 60 miles or something. Yeah. And like, what, what, why would they decide to go so far into sea? That's... Yeah. I don't know if you can... You can, can, can you see? No. How, what, what, what's, I mean, how, if you go high enough, you can see things that are really, really far away. So they climb really big trees. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's your um? I'm not sure what's your, how far can you see into the horizon? I think it's something like five. I really don't know. It's not more than ten miles, yeah, is it? No. It's like close. Hmm. I had twenty miles in my head, but I don't know why. I had five, and I think that's got to be too little. Yeah, that's probably too little. Like from, I remember from like Swansea, you could just mm-hmm. about see Devon and Ilfracombe. Mm-hmm. Well, across the, the sea. Yeah. How far is that? <laughs> how, how wide is the Bristol Channel, Tom? I don't know. <laughs> Bristol Channel, how wide is that? I don't know. But I have just thought of another excellent mm-hmm. event for the hybrid games. <laughs> you have to build from stolen materials a raft and cross the harbour. That is a great idea. <laughs> from my from this little slip in That's front of my flat. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> Not stolen. Maybe we shouldn't encourage stealing. <laughs> Widespread <laughs> stealing with <laughs> people running around in hyper tops. Yeah. Between two and nine miles long. Yeah. So you can definitely see nine miles. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. But it's the longest. It's the widest point. It's probably towards an hour. Yeah. Towards mm-hmm. towards an hour point. Oh, so two to two to nine. But that isn't. Don't you think that's absolutely mental? Yeah. They crossed sea forty-five thousand years ago. But I can see Elfacum, and I wouldn't be. Anywhere near willing to try and no. sail across it. <laughs> I've got the answer. So, <laughs> for an observer on ground level, yeah. you can see 2.9 miles. It's not, not that. 5k? Yeah. That's why I had the number 5 in my head, because you can see 5k. Yeah. For an observer standing on a hill or tower 100 foot, 30 metres in height, the horizon is at a distance of 12.2 miles. Yeah, obviously it's just trigonometry, yeah, isn't it? The higher yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah. But it makes a big difference not being that much higher. What do you mean? Well, like 30 metres isn't that high and it makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah, massive. Yeah, yeah. Enormous difference. Mm. Yeah. Look at the curvature. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But some people say the Earth is flat. (laughs) (laughs) Those people don't listen to this podcast. (laughs) If you do, please stop. (laughs) We don't want you to hear anything we say. Also, the uh, arrival of humans almost... Um, exactly coincides with the extinct in Australia with the mm. extinction of all the Australian megafauna, yeah. which are like really big uh, mammals. Yeah, because people always like idolise, don't they? Like how in tune like Aboriginal cultures were with like nature and stuff. And apparently, Australia is one of the cultures where they like fucking destroyed Australia. Yeah, and yeah. deforested like huge swathes of Australia, mm-hmm. and that's why it's basically such a like just. Like wasteland now, mm-hmm. like desert for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like the Aborigines did not like we're not in tune with nature at all. They just fucking killed everything. Yeah, but that's that is literally uh, that's what happened across the globe yeah. with humans, and it's obviously still going on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just now we've got bigger bows and arrows to do it with. Yeah, that, like, like, like yeah, yeah. Now we're just destroying the actual like yeah. atmosphere <laughs> and the seas. Like before, before, like humans couldn't really destroy the seas; no. they could just destroy like land masses. Animals and land. Quite sad, isn't it? It's is pretty brutal, isn't it? Mm. Someone was saying to me yesterday that you know deforestation in uh, like the Amazon rainforest, mm. they they clear something ridiculous like 
a football pitch size space every minute or every ten minutes, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, and they like, I guess England's had that like however many years ago, and they're like their sort of argument is like we want farmland. Um, you've already deforested loads of your forests. You just did it a long time ago, so we're now going to do that sort of thing. As that, like apparently that's that's the kind of the local argument for them to kind of carry on doing it. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I literally had no idea. Like that it's an enormous thought. amount. Like I yeah. <laughs> it's um it's unbelievable how um it is a football sized it is a football pitch sized area every like some small amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I can't remember exactly what it is. Yeah. But yeah. Like, you are right. Well, things like that are always like slightly negative. Yeah, 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 true, yeah. But it just gives you an idea of the scale of it. Yeah, but it, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. Um, because I wouldn't have thought. Like, I suppose. It, I, I mean, how much of that actually comes from like Brazil? How much of it comes from just like drive from industry? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But as a, as a, as a government, and then like external forces being like. But a lot of it is like illegal as well, isn't it? Yeah, like illegal logging for like gold mines and mm-hmm. stuff. Like crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it's a bit morbid, isn't it? It is a yeah. bit morbid, really. Should we, um, um, should we things continue that, with the picture from last week? Weepy control. <laughs> um, your favourite school hymn. <laughs> ah, Ali. Oh, yeah. Your favourite school hymn. Um, I think mine was, because um, I still sometimes sing this now. <laughs> the wise man built his house upon the rocks. <laughs> the wise man built his house upon the rocks. The wise man built his house upon the rocks. And uh, <laughs> are you sure you still sing this now? Yeah, because I sometimes say <laughs> when you hear the the, the, the the silly man, I can't remember what he's called, the not so wise man built his house upon the sand. Oh yeah, that's a bad idea, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and then his house on the sand fell flat. And you, yeah, poor foundation for a house. But um, I remember speaking about it. But I don't know what context, but I've definitely <laughs> spoken about it regularly. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard me say the wise man built his house upon the rocks before. Ah, uh, you are always saying that. <laughs> Is that in a, like a training context? Or? No, just like, I don't know. Does he see Speaking someone squatting about... on a boating board? I have to say, I've never heard you make any building related analogies before. <laughs> that is an interesting point because I would definitely assume that I have to you. If I said that to anyone, it would definitely be to one of you too. Yeah. So maybe it's just I've never said it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why I forgot the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Strong tune anyway. It's <laughs> a good one. Next week, TMT's favourite school. Uh, but for this week, body weight skill. How to build it. What is a good starting point, do you think? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's just like it, uh, with, with everything, so it's always very context dependent, isn't it? So it just mm. depends on obviously what level you're at now and what specifically you want to get better at. So if we speak about it from the sort of um, from the realm of uh, handstands, because it's just a little bit easier to quantify having something to speak about, it's like if you want to actually get better handstands, I suppose it's, it's across the board, really. You've got to just go, do you know what? Is it worth me investing my time in learning this thing? And if it's not, that's completely fine. And you can just see all your sort of like training around it as as just like play and messing around. But if you, because the end of the, the reality is like, everyone kind of in inverted commas wants to do a handstand 
until they realise that it's going to take you a year mm-hmm. to do a handstand. And even then, you might still be pretty bad at them. Like, and so, if that's okay with you, then you can absolutely build in really structured work to make sure that you're getting better consistently. And if that's just too long for you, then it's completely fine to just mess around and like just see it as play, but fully in the in the knowledge that you're not necessarily going to actually be able to do a handstand in a year's time. And I think if you if you, if you go into it with the sort of with your eyes open of like, okay. I want to be able to do a handstand. I'm willing to put in the time and effort that it's going to take over the next six months, to six or 12 months. Um, then you can basically just like start structuring it in like any anything else. Uh, there's like some structured work. So you're going to put some handstands against the wall. You're going to put some, um, some work in to get stronger overhead. You're going to put some work into um, balance. You're going to put some play. You're going to put some crawls. You can include that part of your warm-up. But however you do it, um, and it, but if you're not willing to trade that time and effort to actually get a handstand, doesn't mean you can't play. You could do um, handstands facing away from the wall. They're not really going to get you better at handstand, but it means you can just balance for a little bit. And if you want to do a 30 second hold while your mate who's really good does it freestanding and you just want to do it against the wall, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a really good, like, as a starting point, just view everything as play. Um, and what that'll do is let you try loads and loads of different things and maybe you might end up picking like one or two skills that you then want to focus on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like Ali said, it's a matter of prioritising what you want to get better at. If you want to basically get better at all your barbell lifts and focus on building a lot of muscle mass, it might be, and you're sort of time restricted in the gym, it might be that you, you don't, like you just don't have the time to put enough time into getting better at handstands um but saying that it's ha- like handstands as a skill is a really nice one because you can literally do a 10 minute block of mm-hmm. training at any other point in the day it doesn't have to be in your gym time which is something that we quite often encourage our clients to do just because when like particularly if you're coaching for an hour it's actually quite hard to get enough quality work and enough play time into into that hour mm-hmm. yeah um, while you're trying to tick all the other boxes of doing some strength work, doing some higher up stuff, doing some conditioning, do it like and actually getting people moving well, um, yeah, do it outside of um, do it outside of your session. Yeah, but definitely. that's a, that is a really good point because the when it comes to like learning new skills, you you on a daily basis you can't really get much better. Yeah, and so ten minutes is is probably all you really need. Yeah. To like time invested to to progress a little bit, whether that's you're progressing daily or weekly or whatever, you don't really need to invest that much more time initially than that. And so, but and and that's what I mean by being like, if you want to get a handstand, it's going to take you six months. But it's not, it's not six months of like arduous work. It's just six months of like ten minute blocks. You can do them outside in the sun. You can do it like as part of like your morning mobility. You could add it to the end of a. A, like, a, like a mobility flow that you're doing you could you know like you can do it whenever it's not it probably is going to be harder for you to actually include that necessarily in your strength work or your normal gym work because most people haven't got two hours two hours half, six days a week to train you got an hour that you got to fit in around some other bits but everyone's got sort of 10 minutes at some point when they're on their own yeah. in a day to just fit in some 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 a chance to progress that one thing I think that's that's like the main thing with it being skill work. If we've decided that 
and <clears> assume <throat> for the point of this podcast now that we're always going to be talking about handstands, mm-hmm. you want to get your handstand better. You probably need to practice it like five or six days out of seven consistently, mm-hmm. um, or you you just likely won't get there. Like you're much much better off doing ten minutes a day, six days a week, than doing half an hour twice a week. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just like and and any skill work, if it's actually skill work, you need to be doing it most days to actually get any sort of benefit from it. Yeah, and like with pretty much any other any other type of training, focusing on quality over quantity. Um, like you so often see people just kick up into a handstand in like facing away from a wall with no concept of like that yeah they're in a handstand position but they're not actually building on anything to build the skill anymore so making sure that each drill that you do actually has a specific point to it or you know what you're trying to work with that drill so like we said about a chest to wall drill excellent for building alignment in sort of uh, position building strength in the shoulders getting a little bit of like core work in there as well um and that's the reason that we do it and build it so that you can actually build some volume into your handstand and then you might do some kick-up drills to specifically practice the skill of kicking that um and then it's kind of pairing those two things together yeah so that's actually that's why we switched the way we programmed for handstands and skill work in the hybrid online program so we used to program for ring work and like pretty much all the different skills that you see us sort of playing with on Instagram. We used to program for all of them within the program, but it's just too much and you don't really get enough exposure to any one thing doing that. So we've changed it now. So we just program like a fairly standard program with some bodyweight strength stuff in it, split across the week. But the skill work is all done as uh, like daily skill blocks that people can select between handstands or L-sits and like different skills um, and just get like a 10 or 15 minute block that you practice daily so they actually get exposure to the same skill over and over again and then like Tom said um, sort of picking what you actually want to work on so with handstands the two main things are going to be the consistency of your kick up and then your ability to balance and endurance so we split them up so we just alternate days so one day we tend to focus on your kick-up consistency and there's a few different things you can do um, with that to really focus on it our favorite one is the one to five game that we learned from Jonathan last um, who by the way if you actually really want to go down a black hole and like really really learn handstands and do hand balancing go to a hand balancer like like John yeah he's um, unbelievable well, I think we, we do a pretty solid job of teaching handstands to people who want to get fairly decent handstands mm-hmm. and integrate it with like the same sort of training that we do if you really want to go down the hand balancing route, then we're, we're probably not. No, definitely not. John, <laughs> John, go to John, John is your yeah. boy. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely not like stepping on people's toes who actually that's what they do is they just teach hand balancing. Um, but if you want to sort of work it into a normal program, then uh, the one to five game. So it's best played with a partner. Uh, can be played one player, but it's quite boring. It's just not as intense one player, is yeah. it? <laughs> There's no pressure. No. You need that pressure. I started playing with Danny, actually. We, so uh, so I, I, I play the handicapper times three. <laughs> That's a big handicap. Explain the rules first and then the So start. the one to five game, you'll be facing your partner in an intense stare down. <laughs> and then you, being player one, will attempt to do a one second handstand. Uh, you can't walk. You have to kick into a really nice straight handstand, balance it for one second, come down. No longer. So this is the main thing when you're doing kick-up drills. Just because you've nailed it, 
don't try and hold it for as long as you can. You do a one second handstand, come down. Player two goes. Let's say that they also nail their one second handstand. You're both one for one. You go next. You've got to try and nail a two second handstand. Let's say you've got it. Player two goes. They get it as well. Things are getting tense now. <laughs> you can't deal with the nerves though. You go for your three second handstand and bottle it. You're back to one. <laughs> Player two goes. They nail a three second handstand. Oh. Yeah, they're ahead. You go. You've got hit one second. Not Why have you got hit one second? Because they're back to the start. <laughs> back to the start. Don't cheat it. Don't get four. Don't no. do it again, do you? No. 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 Back to one. It teaches you consistency under pressure. Back to the start. That's yeah. why I finished it about three times in my life. <laughs> can't, can't perform under pressure. It was hilarious. Ali was like sitting forwards like a, a kid being told the bedtime story. <laughs> Do you want to know who wins? Player yeah. one or player two? No, no, I'll finish that later, mate. When I tuck you in tonight. They like draw ever closer. <laughs> they draw it. Come on, player one. Um, so yeah, so you could you could obviously play that with someone at your level, or if someone's better than you, you can play it with them. And like Ali plays it with his girlfriend Danny with a times three multiplier on him. Mm-hmm. You do three, six, That's nine, hero mode. 12, 15. <laughs> Engaged hero mode. Yeah. For that. that is hard, isn't it? Yeah. It gets so hard so quick. Because obviously, because you get no rest as well, because yeah. like Dan will go and it's like one second. And by, even when she's like four, you're like 12, 15. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so that's like a really good example of practicing your kick up for consistency. Uh, and then say like day two, we're not going to practice kick ups. We're going to do chest to walls um, and practice it in like something that's slightly sub maximal effort for you. So say you can just about do a, a really good chest to wall for like thirty seconds. We're going to do sets of twenty seconds and build up the total volume that you spend on your hands. So that's the that's a slightly more like hard work doing that day, but that's really really like. Mm good way to split it so one day where you focus on your kick up and one day where you focus on your actual like handstand and balance endurance so really it's just like how you'd program for any other um strength work mm. like a virtual work you're, you're never going to be doing maximal work no. you're always trying to say sub-maximal just keeping the quality really really high because it also when you think about when you're learning skills whatever you do consistently is what you'll sort of learn. And that sounds really obvious, but if you're consistently doing things that are not quite um, the way you eventually want to be, do, be doing them in the future, then the way you do them in the future will be the way you've learned them mm. and the way you've done them as, as you're practicing. Um, and so you're, you just almost have to relearn it in the future anyway. So it's always a really, really good idea to stay sub-maximal, stay with really, really high quality, especially when you're learning those first, like, especially when you're learning something new or just, just practicing skills anyway because you're trying to practice really, really well rather than just doing it for the sake of it because whatever you learn, you will will become like a motor pattern and, that, and that, that's how you'll keep doing it in the future. Yeah. And also, it's, um, it's really tempting, isn't it? And there's obviously, it's, ne it's never wrong to just like play with stuff mm -hmm. because that's like why we're learning hand science for the most part is because it's fun and we want to play with it. But it's quite easy, especially initially, to do too much because it's such a new skill. It's actually very demanding on your nervous system to like take on all these things and learn the new skill. So um, that's why it's quite useful to block it into like 10-minute sessions 
and literally just set yourself a timer. Um, so the way we do it is we do one day kick-up focus, one day endurance focus, back to kick-up focus, endurance focus, and then the fifth day is a 10-minute block where you just get to play with your handstands. Yeah. It's a decent yeah. way of program. We think it's the best way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I was saying, it's, it's really easy to try and do too much. Um, and like not just nervous system wise, but joint wise as well. Like you'll, if you've never really done any handstands before, you go do an hour handstand session, your wrists are going to be killing you. And chance on the next day, shoulders and everything around your traps will be like really sore. And that means that you probably won't get quality work in for another few days until that's calmed down. So by doing it in little 10 minute blocks, you're just really able to keep that quality. Um, and that's, that kind of leads on to another thing that a lot of people probably do too much is just try and do too many things at once. Um, it's like if you want to learn a handstand, probably doing some quality handstand stuff every day. And that's not to say you can't progress other things at the same time, but being aware that you've only got sort of a finite amount of quality sort of practice in you. Um, so just being very specific, and it might just be like a month block, you, you're going to really focus on handstands and push that on a little bit. And then the next month, that maybe takes a little bit more of a backseat and you do it sort of two, three times a week to keep it ticking over at the point that, like where you are um, whilst you focus on sort of building something else up. Because part of what hybrid is about is being good at lots of different things. But that's not to say we like we do lots of different things all of the time. Because if you're not specific about what you want to get better at, then you don't really make much progress at anything. Um, and if, if that's what if that's what you want to do and just like literally do loads and loads of different stuff and loads of variation and keep it really interesting and not really push anything on that's cool it's, it's like we talk, spoke about before in, in terms of sort of specificity versus variation um, but if you want to really progress something you need to be specific and do it often and make sure it's quality work that you're doing definitely wise words <laughs> very wise words from the captain is there anything else that you think people tend to struggle with in terms of progressing bodyweight skills? Um, I think just getting frustrated. Yeah, it's, it's, it is so hard to just be like, to, to, to accept being initially just, just not in, getting better at something mm. like really, really quickly and just not, and like it's, it, it almost feels like you're just not getting better at it sometimes yeah. or like, the work, like, it's sometimes usually, it feels like, like you go act. backwards. Yeah, yeah, Like, you make a real great step forwards, and then the next day you come in and you just can't quite match it. And you just feel like, oh, or like you have a really, really good week, and then you have, like, two weeks where you're just nowhere near what you were the week before. And it it just gets really frustrating. I'm like, I think that's the hardest thing to deal with. It's is getting frustrated, feeling like you're getting better, than literally feeling like you're getting worse. <laughs> And sticking at it and still seeing it as a as play and still seeing yeah. it as a, this is a fun thing to do with my time and not fuck sake, I've got to do handstands again. Yeah. Which is obviously that it's what do you mean? Like like it lit, you literally think that sometimes. Fuck me, I don't want to have practice handstands. They're really annoying me. And it's like but then when you actually break it down, you're like, I'm getting annoyed about this thing that I do for fun. Yeah. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> so it's about like trying to refret that is the thing that people struggle the most is just trying to reframe why you're doing it and the reality is you're doing it kind of to take a cool picture yeah but really so that you've got something to 
keep you engaged in a endeavor that's going to keep you healthy for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's really why you're choosing to do handstands. It's to like stay engaged in a way of training and like moving and staying active that just makes you do something that you enjoy forever. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, think the um the actual the hardest part for handstands with handstands or at least for me was when you you get to a point where you're actually quite good at them and then you uh you sort of feel like you're not progressing anymore or you're actually going backwards. But a lot of the time that's actually because you stopped doing a lot of the things that we've spoken about so far and actually like practicing things consistently because you get to a certain level and then just start playing around with them instead of like actually going back and practicing it. So a lot of the time just sort of going back to basics a little bit is a good idea. Definitely. Definitely go back to basics. Go back to basics. For sure. You're, you're right. It, it is hard once you can sort of do it to then to just keep staying structured and like being like, yeah. oh no, I, I need to practice this still. Not just be like, I'm just going to kick up and then yeah, do a max old handstand. The opposite of exactly... Everything yeah, said. but you just forget that, and you just oh, I'm just going to do my hat, do my handstand. So why can't I do a one minute one? It's just like not be practicing. Yeah, can you imagine you did that with like other trainers. I like oh, I can do sixty kilo squat now, so I'm just going to put the, that on the bar just as no, many as I can all the time. I actually think that's what people like. That's basically how mm. people train a lot of the time with but with like all lifts and stuff. Is you go to the gym a little bit, they get half decent because if you do anything to begin with, mm. you get a bit better. And then you have people who literally like. Just carry on repping out fucking 50, 60 kilos on bench for the rest yeah. of their life. Because mm-hmm. that's all they do. Mm. Like, I think that's a pretty common thing to see in the gym, which is basically the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Mm. It is. <laughs> and you don't want to be the person that's stuck repping 50 kilos on the bench for the rest of your life, do you? Unless you're a 50 kilo girl. Then that'd be yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're Beck Ryan, that'd yeah. be an excellent point. Imagine Beck just going into the gym, smashing like 20 reps of 40 weight bench. And then going and battering some velociraptors. Yeah. <laughs> no, they ate her calves. <laughs> that was an excellent story to be yeah. yeah. I'm working on the next installment. Yeah. Don't worry. It is coming. Is, does that involve velociraptors as well? No. No. That's you and the Stegosaurus. Oh, yeah. That'll be one not to miss. They've got spiky tails. <laughs> TMTs don't do well against spiky tails. <laughs> I can confirm they don't. <laughs> um, if you could domesticate any animal, alive or uh, domesticate, so it like lives in the ice. So the pet. Yeah, yeah, but can it be an extinct animal? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, go on. It, it doesn't be, matter. It, it wouldn't be an extinct animal. It, 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 can, it can be an extinct animal. Uh, I think I would domesticate either uh, an orangutan or a gorilla. Why? Because they'd be an excellent. They'd be like a friend as well. You can <laughs> yeah. teach them sign language. Yeah. Um, get them to batter people. That's true. Gorillas are scary. Like, aren't they? They'd be they'd be excellent at all things. Like, mm. Could you imagine like oh if you wanted to cuddle. <laughs> and they could like pick lice out of your hair that's a good one actually I, I 100% I think it's like a no brainer they could do things like you could get them to do things and they'd be excellent at fulfilling like tasks that involve fine motor skills <laughs> like picking locks <laughs> you're just getting a, a pet gorilla so that he can do the dishes for you <laughs> well they could do couldn't they they could yeah they'd probably find it quite fulfilling as well wouldn't they <laughs> 
movie. <laughs> I think it's 100% the right answer. It is a good answer, to be fair. Yeah, you definitely want a big ape, wouldn't you? It would be. But uh, we, we're, we're all apes. Got loads of those. <laughs> well, they're better than us, aren't they? At doing things. Yeah. Mm. Not many other things. I'd probably love to turn up to Sweatbox with my mate the orangutan and <laughs> <laughs> watch him fucking make Swing Cyrus really useless at Cali. It's true. <laughs> we are unbelievable at Cali, to be fair. Mm. That'd be great. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> and then go and have a cuddle with him after. Mm. <laughs> Not Cyrus the orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> right, what would you have? Um, I... I think I'd have like a panther. Like that, a, I mean, like, it'd be cool. Like a really cool big cat. It'd um, be well cool. What, what would, would you do with it? I'd just like chill with it. Yeah. Would you not want <laughs> something bigger sofa. than a panther? Huh? Not want something a bit bigger. Like what? Like a tiger. Yeah, but I quite like, I, I, I think, um, they didn't really, it'd be hard to sit on a sofa with them, wouldn't it? That's yeah. true. Yeah, I would like, I, I mean, they'd be too small. They could be the sofa. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> how much? How much does a panther weigh versus how much does a lion weigh? I think panthers are like smaller than you think. Really, in in terms of size, I think they're like so like Alsatian size. I, yeah, I think they're like Alsatian sort of size. I think they're a bit like denser, aren't yeah. they? But that sort of size. What's the difference between a panther and a leopard? Uh, nothing. Oh, they're the same. I thought they lived in different places. No, a panther is um, they're not mates. The they're... melanistic variation of a leopard. What's that? Oh. Uh, like a genus like Albina, but they produce more melanin. They have black fur. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, in South America. So what colour um, are leopards? In, in okay, so in Africa and like India, mm-hmm. a panther is a leopard. Um, and in South and Central America, a panther is either a jaguar, mm-hmm. a, a melanistic mm-hmm. variety, or a like a puma, cougar. Yeah, mountain lion. So they, they, uh, but they're always the melanistic variation of those. A panther <clears throat> is a subspecies of either of those three groups. Well, all all, um, all cats are, their genus is Panthera. Yeah. They're Panthera something. Mm-hmm. That's all cats. Yeah. Including big ones. <laughs> I think a leopard is Panthera Panthera. Yeah. But what we, that is, when, when that you is say, true, actually. When yeah, you yeah. say... Um, when we say panther, we think mm-hmm. black panther. Yeah. It's the melanistic variety of either of those three species. What a great, great fact, fact. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got fact of the day to start and end. Hmm. and Tom? Solid. Quick answer? I would probably have an ape, but I think it'd be quite cool to have a um, a hippo as well. That's a terrible answer. Oh, that's an awful answer, isn't it? Well, he's not going to be able to fit in the door. You go well quick, mate. <laughs> oh God, have, you seen that? have you seen that video? That woman who was a hippo as a pet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we've got to link it. <laughs> you have to go and watch that right now. It's one of the best things ever. Carl Felkinson gives his review of a woman with a pet hippo who lives in a house. Just Google, just, just, just look at Carl Felkinson, pet hippo. Best thing ever. We'll link that uh, in the description below. Um, if you could like and share this podcast, that would be excellent. It'd be so nice of you. Uh, also, to be fair, give, us, also, give us a great review. Thank you for listening to us this far. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have shared it and liked it, it means so much. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. It does mean it is quality. And Gina, you're a boss. Thank you yeah. ever so much for sharing yeah. it every single week. <laughs> really, honestly, makes me so glowy. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, also, we would love and to know. Katie, too fair. We would love to know so what sweet, yeah. animal you would domesticate. Yeah, actually, that's a great one. Actually, and we'll feature them next week. <laughs> when you when you share the podcast, do it with a uh, your spirit animal or the, the animal that you would domesticate as a like a Jeff riding over the top. <laughs> That'll be quality. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be superb, uh, and we'll feature them. You have to give us a quick explanation as to why as well. For sure, hippo's the wrong answer. So please know. <laughs> <a hippo. laughs> uh, see you next week. Cheerio.